Football is life. Welcome everybody to episode 26 of Football is Life. Not quite in the studio yet, but we're all in the same uh, state for once, which is interesting. Um, I'm I'm Ethan. I'm here today with Nat. Hello, everyone. And of course, Matt. Hello. We're back. How's it going? Uh, I I could be uh better. It's been um, it's been been a rough couple couple of days. Um, especially since Wednesday. That <laughs> game was just this last Sounders game was just pain. Just, yeah. just pain. So so let's let's start with the Sounders and um I think. I immediately after the Sounders game against Orlando, the first thing I thought about was that uh, just like a couple of weeks ago, Matt was me and Matt both answered like, what was the scale from one to 10 about like how oh. worried we were of missing the playoffs. And Matt said 11. And I said, <laughs> I think I said like three or something. I yeah. might've said four. Um, but now, but like, and I I thought that eleven was harsh. Now that seems crazy since Nashville seems pretty much locked up to make the playoffs, and we are not we're not out. But um, like this loss definitely hurt the team. Like uh, I felt in this game, like we we knew we we wanted to win like we we were definitely like we after a disappointing game in portland uh we wanted to win um we wanted to get back and i i thought especially stefan fry was doing a a baller job keeping us motivated and the fact that we couldn't get over the line still is just heartbreaking and that's why it was just so painful because it's like literally we can't catch a break right now. First it was the injuries and now it feels like no referee decision is going our way. Um uh what how what do you guys think? Are are we dead in the water? I mean, I still believe that we can get over that that we can do it. it we're not mathematically eliminated. We just have to Win literally every all the games. What do you What do you guys think about the Sounders right now? How many home games do you have left? Uh, four. There are four home games. Are only two away games. Uh, uh. So we play Houston at home. We play Houston, Cincinnati, um, Austin, and. San Jose are the home games, and then we go to uh, uh, SKC and Vancouver. Are the are the other two are are other two mm. games? That's a really easy schedule. Yeah, that's not. <laughs> Besides yeah. Austin, we have to Besides play Austin. Austin, of course. But you don't have to yeah. win every single game. If you dropped all three points against Austin and you won four of your other five games, that would probably be enough for the playoffs. Probably. But but right now, 
Okay, so I like that you guys are feeling optimistic, but right now we still, to me, I still feel like we need so it still feels like we have we need so much help from the other teams because right now, um, especially with the results not going our way midweek, we had Portland beat Austin, and um, if Portland had lost, um against Austin and we had beat Orlando, we would have been level on points with Portland. Um, and right now we, the, well, Portland has played one more game than we have, but they're still, but now they are three points ahead of us now. So we still desperately need them to drop points. Um, same thing. And then LA is also scary because we played one more game than them and they have five more points than we do. So that's so that's also scary. Um, who who do you guys think is not going to make the playoffs? Because I mean, I still think we're going to be there. But like, how how do you think it will finish up in the West? I don't know. The West could. I I just I feel like the West could go anywhere. Really. What What do you think, Matt? Do you, where do you get? Where are you feeling that Nashville is going to finish now? Because you guys are currently in fifth, but you could be, but with just one more win, you could be in third place. So where do you think you guys will finish? Uh, Nashville plays Austin and then LA Galaxy and then Austin and then the Houston Dynamo and then LAFC to finish the season. Oh, wow. How many of so, those games are at are at Geodis? That's a tough schedule. Obviously, yeah. one of the Austin games is at Geodis. Uh, I think the LA Galaxy game is a trip out to LA, and so is the LAFC game. I think one Austin game and one Houston game are at home, but I'm not positive that the Houston game is even at home. So obviously the I Austin, see here. The, yeah, yeah. The I obviously see the Austin. The, yeah. The Houston and the LA Galaxy games are at Geodis. According okay. to Google. I think that the Galaxy the Galaxy is a game, even though like the the Galaxy are right around the playoff spot and are playoff um and are competing for a playoff spot, like Nashville should be able to beat them. Like they are not a good team, they're not a good defense. How the Sounders still didn't uh let them win. I mean, it was a referee um it was they got back into the game by a handball, but their team is is does not have a good defense. So I think Nashville should be able to beat them. It will be harder with Austin and and uh, LAFC, but then even so, like LAFC, they just lost their third game in a row, so they're slipping. So especially uh going into decision day, that's going to be a really interesting one to watch, um because like. Having momentum going into the playoffs is still so huge. Yeah, yeah, definitely the plus for the Sounders is our is our our schedule. We 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 get to go home now. We get to play Houston, but but Houston also did. They were one of the they were the team that beat LAFC. So yeah, um, I'm definitely nervous. We um, hopefully our guys won't be too tired since we played. Pretty much, we played the same lineup 
um, important end except for Madronda uh, came in and Reagan started, but Roy Diaz, he played the full game. Um, so we'll see how he plays, uh, if how long he plays in the next game. Uh, there was one point where I thought he might have been cramping up. Um, yeah, I definitely feel like the team is just very gassed and let down. Um, just the way we gave up um, the second the 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 second we go up two zero in this game against Orlando, uh, was uh it was heartbreaking to let them get back into the game, um, uh, and the way that they equalized, um. I knew that there was no chance that the referee was going to reverse the call, but uh, because like it, it is a handball, but like I think it's a foul. I think that is. I think that Jordan Morris got fouled. I mean, he is being surrounded by four Orlando players, um, and the center back. Uh, has both hands on Morris. Well, what do you what do you guys think about that play? I don't know. It's so hard for me to to see anything there. To be honest, um, it took me a couple of replays to really just see the handball that was actually in contention. But... Which both penalties, like I didn't think there was any chance they were going to get overturned. But which one do you think is more of a penalty? Because Fry said in this game, we give away two penalties. And at first glance, I thought it was the, the first penalty was clearly a penalty. But then there, but then you can see like Madronda's foot is in between the Orlando, the Orlando players feet. And he does get him like um, after that, like when the Orlando player is like moving away um, or like after uh, like when their foot is coming back to the ground after they kick the yeah. ball. So, like, I think if they didn't call a penalty there, then VAR probably would have kept playing. But the fact that they did, they, were, they weren't going to overturn that. Um, I would think, I, yeah. I think, I, I think that that, I think that the, the, the second penalty is more of a, is, is less of a penalty. Because I I think there was more of a more of a pitch if I if I had to decide which one was not not a was not a penalty. Yeah, I Matt, think the second yeah. one is definitely more of a fifty fifty call. It's more up to chance, but I think the, the first one's pretty much a penalty for me. I I would like if that if that wasn't called against NYCFC, I, I like I'd be mad. Yeah. What well, What did you think of the of the penalty decisions? Matt, uh, in the Orlando game? Uh, I didn't think they were egregious. Um, the second one is definitely less of a penalty. The first one mm -hmm. isn't, you know, I'm not going to call it obvious, yeah. but it's it's definitely the easier one to call. I I really like Alex Chilowitz. I think he's a good ref. Um, uh, so, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, he hasn't made a huge mistake in Sounders game so far. Um both of those like I, I do like um that he made the call 
Um, like they stayed with the call in the field. Like I, I, I want the center official to be, be the one who has the last say. I doesn't. I don't like when the video assistant referee is the one um, who has more. Who it feels like they're making the call. Um, uh, since the referee is the one who's actually there um, for the play. Um, uh, that being said, um, I think the worst call in this game was um, the uh, uh, decision to overturn the to um, overturn uh, the goal uh, the goal that was disallowed. To make it three two, um, I don't know how you can say that the offender was not involved in the play, um, and this is exactly like, um, yeah. W- what do you guys think about that? Like he's in front of the ball. Like Fry has to think about him. I don't see an issue with how this moment was called. He. The Orlando player is 100% offside. But to me, he's kind of taken out of the equation because it's the Seattle player that hits the ball into the back of the net. And Fry definitely does have to keep track of him. But um, Reagan has to be – Reagan has to be is, – is standing in front of him so he can't is, – is standing in that position because of the defender being there. He's uh, the it. I would say that uh, on, on that play, that the Orlando player was passing to his teammate who's in front of the goal in an offside position. That's why but Reagan it, and Yamar are arranged there. Arranged there. He is involved. He's standing right in front of the play. If if Fry, if he's not there, then Fry's probably gonna make. He's probably gonna be more on the near post there. But Fry has to be in the middle because of the attacker who's right there in the middle of the play you don't have to touch the ball to be involved to be involved in the play he is in no, the vicinity of that, where the ball but is. i don't think he's involved in the play though like matt matt what do you think i don't see the argument personally i, I i'm gonna be honest i think this call is correct um i i think the Con- I think you can't gauge the intent of the ball that was played and the ball never even makes it past the first defender to then involve the attacking player in the attack. I understand that like when you read into the intent of the player that passed the ball and you read into the intent of where the defenders are standing and you read into the intent of the positioning of Stephen Fry, that all the players in the field are going to matter, but there is a point where you can't just read the intent of everybody and read the positioning of everybody. You just have to see what happened with the ball. And he wouldn't have to touch the ball, but if he were between the line of sight of Stephen Fry and the ball before it went in, that would be involved in the play differently than how this is. Matt, you're a defender. You're a defender. You know how positioning works. Where you you play even if someone's offside even if someone's offside, you see you see, if they're even if someone's off st- offside, you still adjust. Um, you 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 you're positioning. You're you're always keeping track of as a defender. You want to always be able to keep track of the attacker. 
So if the attacker is in a place, and so you're going to be in a place where you can try and cut off the pass. And that's why Jackson Reagan is where he is. I think disallowing this goal would be incredibly harsh by the official. But the original, I, I completely, the, origi- the, the, the original, the original call was offsides. That's and I the think thing. that was a clear and obvious error. I would have, yeah, I agree no. with Matt. Yes. You can no... like if if you call if they if they I I could say uh, sort of with the penalties I don't think there's enough to overturn that to, um to overturn this if a goal wasn't if a goal was given but this is not clear and obvious because we because no one can de- no no one can decide how involved what how what it means to be involved with the play. To me, he's not involved with the play. To me, what you're saying is like this. He's a, he is he is impact. Like he is somebody inf- was like he is impacting the defender and grill, the goalkeeper. But he's like, he's in- oh, you know, it's a- 98 degrees outside instead of 97, so the stake isn't as good. Like it, you're, it feels like a very, like like a grasping at the straw of like a what if kind of thing. It doesn't feel like an actual, because he doesn't. They the player does not interact at all. I, because I know that you don't have to touch. If he was maybe closer to Fry, uh, like directly in Fry's view, then I would understand more. But in the end, it almost doesn't even matter because Fry. He's still. He's still. Because what Fry is expecting Fry. is for the ball to hit his own player and then go in the back of the net, and Fry can't. He can't Fry, necessarily. Fry would have been on the near post if he wasn't there. I have you, a question. You can't I think say that. I... Yes, you. That's what. That's good goalkeeping. Yeah. I what were you going to say, Matt? I think it's right. Yes. Yes. Let's go, Matt. Okay. Okay. So this is a hypothetical. Let's let's pretend there's a false nine. All right. A false nine is receiving a ball from a ten. He drops back. Both of his wingers make runs through. Right? Yeah. His left winger and his right winger. They're on two entirely opposite sides of the field. The left winger's run goes early, but he continues his run and just sprints off sides. And he pulls the other team's right back with him a step or two, yeah. even though he still runs offside. And then the false nine turns and plays the ball to the right winger. And the left back for the other team has not dropped. So the offside player has pulled the right back deep enough to let the other winger be on side. Would you overturn that goal? No. I would not. Yeah, no. Yeah, I that's... But a offsides yeah. player has influenced because, the because you're on and allowed a goal. <laughs> no, but but that's not... But the, that's different about where the the proximity to the... The, the, the distance... The distance of how, of um, the 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 how close the the player who's committing the offsides uh, offense is to where the ball is does matter, and the and on this play the ball goes right by the attacker, and it and it doesn't on this scenario that you're that you're um that that I I believe. But the, the uh, goal can only happen because the attacker influences the positioning of the defender. That's an offsides player 
influence the game in the exact way that happened in this goal. I don't see the difference in that in, in those two calls that you could write into the rules. Again, I I I would I would say that because of the confusion that's happening he, that's happening here and like how we can't decide um how we don't know like how you write in the rules or how how we figure this out, I would say it's not clear and obvious so then it shouldn't be overturned. Um and they should stay on the call. They should stay with the play on the field because I don't think it is it, it's just not clear. Um but but let's move on to the the worst, the even worse decision from the from the <laughs> game in Portland, um, because just poor referees continue just to like there's n- literally nothing goes our way. Um, Eric Williamson, who has become pretty much, he is getting to Diego Chara and, um, like G- like he's up there with and also Giovanni Savarese who. Man, that guy's face is so punchable. <laughs> um, I cannot stand Eric Williamson. This is a dive. Like, how does the VAR not see this play? Every time you watch, I watch this play with Eric Williamson. It is clear that like he does not have the ball. It is such. It's such a huge dive. Like, there's, um, Yamar's literally pulling his leg back to get out of the way. Um. Before, I don't think there's contact, but before the moment of there being that there might be contact, um, he's already falling forward. So, like, in our last game against Portland, when we deserved a penalty uh, in that game, it wasn't given. The reason that the instant replay guys on MOS thought it wasn't uh, uh, thought it wasn't a penalty be- was because Ladero was dragging his foot waiting for the contact. Well, if you're saying there is contact and saying this is a penalty, then I would say it's the same thing there. Like he, he's leaving his foot out to get tagged, to get tapped. Anyway, I think this was absolutely bonkers. The, the VAR, how, how they didn't recommend a review. What, what are your guys thoughts on that play? I can see how VAR would not see this and would not overturn it as a clear and obvious error. Um, but I don't really think it's a penalty. It's 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 hard to call for me. It, it Williamson is definitely looking for it, in my opinion. And that's that's all I have to say, I think. He was definitely looking for the contact. The amount of contact is kind of unclear to me. Matt, what do you think? Matt, I'm going to agree with you, actually. Uh, Thank I, you. It's an obvious dive. You're wrong, part. Ethan. <laughs> well, I'm no, kind of coming at it from a... I think, I think once he's caught on the field, it actually is kind of hard to overturn just because of the contact. How? Every but time... I think it still every should t- have been overturned. We, we are not... It doesn't even... I'm not. I'm still not even sure if there is contact. It every time I watch this, it looks more and more like a dive. Like uh, it's what, not a penalty, that's for sure. But this is also just like in a big game, in such a huge game, 
that matters so much. Just go look at it. Like this is another another thing with like clear and obvious in it. Like the big plays, I want the referee to like know the facts. Like I I just want the referee to go look at it. Which is that's annoying about the because this is just such a huge play. It had so much uh on the season riding on it. Which is so annoying. And then later, um same Another why I just literally can't stand Williamson. Um, off the ball, puts it, puts a, uh, puts a hand into Freddie Montero's um stomach in the box. Yes, it's not off. The, yes, it's off the ball. Um, but you can't do that. You cannot punch someone in the stomach. Or elbow, or and it might have been to his face, but still, off the ball. How is that not getting called? That's a penalty. Can't do that. I agree with you again. This was a missed penalty. And it, it uh, and Eric Williamson, he should have gotten a red card in the last in the last game, um, in the last Sounders Timbers game. So that's again super frustrating. Um. This has made me think about that. I believe that referees should be required to do press conferences. Um, and uh, but at the very least, VAR should release um, the audio clips um, uh, of the discussions that the referee has with the VAR official. Um, I would love to hear that as a ref as a referee. Um, I, I feel like like people would move like people would move on faster if the referee just like was honest because it feels like they're hiding something when they don't release it. Like um, in in that one against the the in the last Sounders Timbers game, um, the, it, I watched the pro um, pro acknowledge that it was the that it was the wrong call. Um, uh, and it should have been a penalty, but they didn't uh, release the audio, even though they shared the audio from a, another game that week. So it's like, why aren't you sharing it? Like, what did they say? Like, it feels like you're, you're protecting, even if the ref just says like, Oh, I didn't see like, and same thing with the press conference. If the ref says like, I didn't see it, people are going to be annoyed, but they're going to move on more fast. Like that's the like, like people will move on. Like people, you give people the facts, they're gonna have an easier time moving on. That's why it's, that's why I'm having a hard time moving on from these, the games, this, uh, um, in this last week is because I want to know what they, what the VAR said to Ismail Afath. So, so what what do you guys think about like the press conference or? releasing the audio i think even more even more so than a press conference uh releasing the audio of the var discussions would be great and really smart because i think a lot of the issue that a lot of uh viewers of the mls and other leagues now with var is that they feel like the rules change or maybe the rules are arbitrary and stuff like that, or they don't really understand what happens um, 
or, or why or certain what things is get clear and obvious. Why certain things don't. Yeah. So I think that releasing audio from VAR calls would be great. And it would really um sort of dispel like the mysterious aspects of VAR. And we would all come to a more under better understanding, I think. And and remind people that referees are human. And that sometimes yeah, they that make too. mistakes. If they just said, like, yeah, I made a mistake on that one. People yeah. are not gonna like it, but they're gonna move on. What are your what's your take, Matt? I don't really love the idea of press conferences. I think that opens up um referees to being making, you know, more home calls for the fear of consulting the home media apparatus. What's but... the what I mean, what is their what is the media gonna say? Like the like if they say like if if they say like I was trying to keep the I was trying to keep the team safe, um, uh, or um I didn't see it. Like there's nothing that the media can say in response to that. Like the, like he's like, well you, it's a, like you can't. There's nothing that you can respond to that. I just don't see the value being worth the possibility that that would even be a thing that would happen. Because I think well, it, it helps people move on. I think what could definitely help yeah. people move on is the other suggestion. I love the idea of releasing all the VAR yeah. audio. I think that's a great idea. Just make it totally public as a as a standard. It feels like they're hiding something. It's like, why aren't you releasing yeah. it if you have it? It's like, it's like, what did the did the VR say? Because uh, like, when they don't release it, um, and like with with these calls that. Because it feels like, um, um, with it just seems like this has been continuously ha- happening to the Sounders. Um, it's and it feels like um, some of this stuff would not happen to, um, to the um, LAs or the teams that get the that get to host all the U.S. Men's National Team. Um, games um, that the MOS media loves. Like, it feels like it's not going to happen to them, but it's going to happen, but it happens to us, which is just really frustrating. Um, And like what you were saying, Ethan, like, yeah, it's confusing. Um, Like, it feels like there are different interpretations of what is clear and obvious, um, which is really annoying. Um, The one thing it also that I think uh, is, is another change that should happen with VAR is I think like for handball calls and offsides, like um, why they should, you should, there's no reason to really have the video. Like the, when uh, the referee goes over to look at one of those plays, uh, they should just see the freeze frame because if it's a handball, um, it's if it hits the if it's a handball, it's just about like if it hit the hand or not. There's nothing. There's no rule about like how close uh, you have to be for a handball. So that there's no reason for there to be video. It's a fair uh, point. Y- you can see in there is a part about in a natural position, but you should be able to tell that from a picture. Um, and then with offsides, you're either on sides or not. So, uh, like, you just need to see the freeze frame of that. 
Um, what um, the very controversial call in the Cincinnati Columbus game. Um, did you guys think that play was offsides? Um, on one of Columbus's goal, um, the controversy. Uh, it seems like uh, what what and what MLS instant replay was saying was one of Columbus's. Uh, one of Cincinnati's defenders has like their back foot um, and the angle that you see from TV, you can't see his foot because it's blocked by the attacker leaning off sides. Uh-huh. Um, to me, I think this play is off. I would say it's off sides because the player, when you look at the freeze frame, the player's leaning so much. It looks like it looks clear he's offside. Like you have to look at you have to look at the picture for a long time before you convince before you would be convinced of this being onside. It's like again, like if you look at something for long enough, um, you will be convinced of what you're seeing. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on that offside call? Yeah. Uh, that was that was offsides, and I don't think it was as close as some people were making it out to be. Yeah, um, the instant replay guy spent like seven minutes of the episode this week talking about that play. They spent like a minute talking about the Williamson dive, uh, and and with the Williamson one, they were just like, "Yeah, it's a dive." Um, that was all they. That was all they said, um, but. Um, Andrew Weeby is like, you can't see the guy's foot, so you don't know where his back foot is. Well, to me, like, his foot would have to be like, he would have to have like size 16 cleats for his foot to be the, for his foot, because you can see part of his foot. You just can't see uh, his whole foot, but his in, but for his foot, to be behind where the attacker is leaning, um, his ha- his foot has to be the entire length of the uh, Columbus player's like torso, and that like someone's foot is just not that like long. So, so to to me, like again, yeah. Like the defender, based on how much the defender is re- is leaning, that that has to be offsides. And they talked about in that video that in um, that uh, in MOS they don't use the same like uh, uh, offsides lines as they use in the Premier League, which is good because sometimes in the Premier League, if a call is if, if a call is offsides, then like it's way too um, tedious. Uh, like it should still be. Um, if you have to get out a ruler, then that's not clear and obvious. Um, it should you should be able to see it pre uh with just the naked eye. Um. Uh, but that being said, uh, I I I do think there are sometimes where like you you should put a lot the like you can put on a line to just see, um to be a good, to be a guide. And again, it should just be the freeze frame. Um, do you guys have any ideas for like how VAR could, um, do better for offsides calls or 
if if they should because in some ways like the the premier league um being strict on offsides call like i think it leaves fans more happy than it does here in mls i like what the premier league does i don't really care uh, if it takes a second longer mm-hmm. to lose to drop points on a on a call that's missed by like a foot or two, which is how much I think this yeah. call was missed by in the Cincinnati uh, game. That's it's cool. yeah, yeah. I agree. Um, yeah. Uh, so to to wrap up the Sounders, so we can move on. Um, so we got this game against Houston coming up. Um, in our last finish, so we finished the road trip. Um, and in all three games, we had the lead. Um, I think I think what's been very frustrating, um, what's also been frustrating um, to me is like we've we've been in every game. Like we're we're we keep shooting ourselves in the foot. Um, we like we're having chances and then just like nothing, no like bounces falling our way. It's like, why can't anything go our way? Uh, which is frustrating because it's not like, like in some, I feel like it would be easier to take if we were losing um, these games, like by five goals, if we were DC, like we just, okay, this is just not our year. But the fact that we're in every game just makes it so much more brutal um which is just and like um there is i i disagree completely with sounders fans thinking that we need that this team is unfun to watch or uh and like we need a big change um there is no way in hell that smetzer is going to get fired this year he's just not we won the ccl he's not getting fired um I don't think it's his fault. I think he's uh, besides playing Leo Chu, none of this is his is his fault. Um, I don't think it's I don't think we have to uh, get rid of a lot of players. Um, I think it might be time for Ladero to move on. Um, but I mean, he's he's won literally everything, and he's been here for so long. Um, but that doesn't mean that we need to get rid of all of our players because we still have a good player. We still have a lot of good players and they care a lot about the team. Um, Any other final thoughts on, on the Sounders guys? I'll say that um, you asked the question earlier. We never really got to it. Um, Mm -hmm. You asked how I thought the playoffs would shake out in the West. And I'll say that I think, Everyone from three to 11 is still in it. Um, Obviously one and two have already made it, made the playoffs. I think three to 11 could end up in pretty much any order. Minnesota and Dallas are safer than other teams and Colorado and Mm -hmm. Seattle are in more trouble than other teams. But I think, I think this is a, an unfinished story at the moment. I'm excited to see. I think decision day will be exciting. Um, yeah, there's there's going to be a lot going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree and with again, that. 
Yeah. And I again, I think like Sounders fans are just like, um, this is like like the first time we've ever really been in this situation. Like 2016, like we were in the bottom, but we had a lot more games. Um, but like this is the like Sounders fans just expect so much from their team because of how well we've done. Um, uh, that like when it feels like we're not going to make the playoffs, people are like, okay, we got to undo everything. I don't think they've like, um, you, you shouldn't unbuild just because of like one bad year or one bad stretch. Like you can't make, um, fast decisions like that. Um, also, oh, okay. I, yeah. Yeah. I think it's a possibility yeah. Seattle misses the playoffs. And I think it's important that Seattle fans recognize the significance of the CCL um, when looking yes. back at this season. Yeah. Um, and, and we will, we will like um, if we, when, if, when we get to the playoff, when we get to the playoffs, if the Sounders aren't there um, and we'll just be talking about Nashville and um NYCFC, um, uh, that you'll probably hear me say that like at least 30 times an episode, just <laughs> so people remember that. Since again, we were the first team to win it, the CONCACAF Champions League, first team to win the CONCACAF Champions League. Yeah, we just have to always remember that. Well, first time, um, yeah. yeah, 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 first MOS team. <laughs> um, you, you guys know that we also have four. MOS Cups, four, four U.S. Open Cups and two MOS Cups. <laughs> two MOS Cups, four U.S. Open Cups. And uh, uh, by the way, I believe you guys, um, uh, we also have one Supporter Shield. How many do you have? What's um, the point of this? Uh, no, nobody said anything. We didn't say anything about the Sounders, man. Okay, just to you get back have, at the Timbers, like the Timbers, yeah, Timbers got the Cascadia Timbers got the Cascadia Cup. We have like, we have five more than them at this point. At this point, so uh, um, yeah. So flex, try don't try and flex that, uh, Portland. Uh, okay, let's let's move on. Um, let's move on to let's move on to Nashville. Um, what a week for Nashville. Much, um, yeah. a much better week. Um. Uh, Matt, Matt, uh, take us through uh, the amazing week that they had. Um, so Nashville went from a uh, like month and a half long winless streak to now winning four nil, three nil, and then four one. Um, this is probably the best string of three games I've ever seen Nashville put together, and. I want to be honest about all the wins. First of all, um, Dallas is a good team, but Jesus Ferrer was out and they played a midweek game against Philly. Um, Colorado is horrible on the road. And um, oh my gosh, who was the third team you played? The one over the weekend. Van- Vancouver. Vancouver. That's right. Yeah. Vancouver yeah. Had, was all right on points, but they had a negative 14 goal differential before they played us. So they would find results, but when they lost, they lost bad. So I think it's important to be careful about evaluating Nashville's form, but it's impossible not to be excited about three games, nine points, and plus 10 goal differential. Um, Yeah. So I think they've thrust themselves right back into a good spot for the playoffs. 
if they beat Galaxy and Houston, they'll probably make it. Um, and any what extra you, how, they could pick up. So you said eleven before. What's your what's uh what number are you at right now for? How worried are you that you missed the playoffs? I think you'd be surprised at how high it is. I'm going to go with a five still. Um, and I understand we're in fifth. Uh, and I understand that our point situation looks better and that we're on good form. But the schedule is still tough. And yeah. the form, the long run of form, the 10-game run of form is still bad, no matter what the last three games have been. So I'm, I, I will not count my chickens before they hatch. But I am excited about the form of the team at the moment. Uh, in the Vancouver game, um, the, we we saw the the referees had a good game in this, but all these calls were pretty obvious. Um, um, Cavallini, I don't know what he's doing, um, <laughs> stomping on on was it Mule's head? It was it was. Um, it was. I think on, Ethan. On, Ethan. If you haven't seen this game, you might want to give it a give it a watch. It would be it was a, it was a you. good game. It was a good game. Mule yeah. gets his head I, stomped I, I on, did. and yeah, and Dax misses a PK. So if you want, oh, to... yeah, I did a I did watch um the head stomp on Mule, and I Cavalini that should be must, three games. Must be a Red Bull hater or something, because it seems so on purpose. Like that, he goes out of his way to step on Mule's head. Um, at yeah. first, at 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 first glance, like the announcers, I was like, I was like, "Damn, a red card! That seems harsh." And then you see the play, and it, oh yeah, and yeah. this should be. If I'm, I'm I'm shocked it wasn't multiple games. Um, because that yeah, very obvious. Um, I would I would honestly say that uh, the penalty to Nashville, I I thought that. Vancouver could have been down to nine men because I think there's, I could think you could say that uh, the penalty is also dog sale because the player completely misses the, the Vancouver player completely misses the ball and gets all of um, uh, uh, Shuffleberg. What, um, what's it? What's his name? What's his name at the, the new player? Shuffleberg. He made his debut and scored and then he went to Vancouver and won a PK and then he made he scored again. He's on he's on amazing yeah, he's good. form and he couldn't even win minutes in Toronto. I don't know who this guy is, but let's keep <laughs> Yeah, he, he's been playing absolutely lights out and he scored yeah, he scored in Colorado and he scored um against Colorado as well, besides um the only one besides the the other goal besides the, the hat trick from Mukhtar. Um, uh, Matt, did you think, do you think, uh, that, did you think that should have been a red card in the Vancouver game, um, which led to the penalty pad penalty by would, Dax McCarty? Also. It, it would be a slightly harsh yellow, I think. Um, but I think you could give the yellow there. I, I don't take any issue with it. You know, we, we had won the game by that point. Yeah. Um, Vancouver had a bad night and the night could have only gotten worse with that second yellow. Um, so I'm not, I, I think it's a harsh yellow, but a giveable yellow. I don't take any issue with the referee not giving it. It's, uh, Nashville has a bad record of converting from the penalty mark. Um, Philadelphia in the playoffs, uh, 
That's a sore uh, spot. Anyone? For the base, by the way. <laughs> I don't know. I don't um, know why, if you want to get into this conversation. Who's your pen? Um, who who do you want taking penalties? Um, in games. Honey. Why was it Dax? Well, Hani was, was out. Hani was out. Leal was out. CJ Sapong was out. Um, Zimmerman was out. I mean, do we want to? Do we want Zimmerman taking a penalty after the Philadelphia one? I want Joe Willis <laughs> taking the penalty over Dax McCarty. <laughs> I was going to bring him up. I think that 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 seems like the right move. Um, uh, so also, where do we think um, where do we think he stands in the MVP race? Because I would say, like, uh, in a lot of ways, I think it's between him and Brucey. Right now. Is there anyone else who has a chance? I think the um I think the, the MVP race at this point is a two horse race between Driusi and Mukhtar. Um I think that um I think that Mukhtar probably took the lead. He's one goal behind in the golden boot race, but he's Got, he just reached 30 goals plus assists, 30 goal contributions this year. Um, and he benefits from taking PKs and corners. But I think that if you look at the MVP conversation as who's most valuable to their team, it's hard to say that Hani isn't more valuable to Nashville than Drew is to Austin. Because N- Nashville's attack is a broken mess without Hani. Um so I, I think Hani should win it. Obviously, I think Drew has put together an amazing season. I hope Hani wins it. I think it will come down to two games left this season between Nashville and Austin. Um, and I do want to take a second to shout out Gazdag for a really mm-hmm. impressive season and to say that he should probably get more MVP consideration. But I also want to recognize how many of his goals this season have come against DC. Um, yeah. That's why I want to say it's a two-horse race. Yeah, I agree a, with you, Matt. Yeah, honestly, I even want to say that it's a one horse race and that it should just be Mutar because of what you mentioned. And this is always like my biggest gripe with the MVP award is that I feel like it doesn't always go to the player that is the most valuable player for this team. Um, sometimes it'll just go to the player with the best season, but that team will will sometimes have other weapons on it um like i feel like carl's uh hill last year uh he won mvp um but new england were totally fine whenever they played without him uh most of the time so i didn't necessarily think he well, should it should have been it should have been joe paulo last year it should have been tati Castellanos, mm-hmm. but you know um well, we can we can talk about that another time um but yeah, so Who's I that? Think never heard of him. This, uh, <laughs> well, hey, yeah. I mean, Jao Paolo, yeah. where's he been this season? No, I'm kidding. I know he tours ACL. But, yeah. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I will yeah, say it should I, be Mukhtar. Yeah, I think it's, yeah, there's always, for all of it, yeah, we always get into the debate about which is, do you give it to like the, the best p- player, the one who's also, it's tough when, there's like one team that's doing really, really well. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think it will and it's come a, down yeah. to the two, the, the, the two MVP candidates will go head-to-head twice in the last yeah. five or six games of the season. Yeah. 
Two can have a big game. The, those two games will probably determine the the MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, unless there's a big decision day performance from Hani against LAFC that like clinches a playoff spot or a home playoff spot, that could matter. But so do you I, think, think Hani deserves yeah. it? Do you think the streak? Moment. Do you think the the winning streak will continue in their next game? Uh, in your next game against Austin, um, since we get we get to see this this matchup um, this this coming weekend, how are you feeling? going into the next game, Matt? Uh, If you look at the short form of the two teams, um, Nashville is really, really good, and Austin just lost a game to Portland. But then right before that, I think that was the game where they beat LAFC. So I think this is going to be a really fun matchup. I don't predict a win for Nashville. I don't even predict a tie for Nashville. I think Austin is the better team, and I think they're the more energized team. Wow. But I think – I think Nashville will give them an honest fight. Um, but to give an honest prediction and say that Nashville is going to beat Austin the way Austin's played this season, you know, that wouldn't be an objective answer for <laughs> me. Um, but I hope they win. Uh, an honest prediction is probably like a 2-1 Austin win. Okay. Um, let's move on to to NYC FC. Um, uh, we, started, we started off with a with – my team, which had a rough week, then we go into Matt. He's feeling good, and now Ethan, Ethan's team also had a had a rough week. Um, but I, I would, yeah. I think you're feeling better since you guys are at least in a playoff spot, Ethan. Yeah, not to sound uh, too privileged or anything, but I was never really worried about the playoffs, to be honest. Now I'm more just worried with this run of form. I'm worried about what's going to happen when we get to the playoffs. Um, Because I don't know if I see this current NYCFC team winning a playoff game, to be honest. Um, We're in a really poor run of form, and it's it's upsetting to see, for sure. Um, We're losing to teams that we should just not be losing to. especially DC. We should not be losing to DC. And I'm, we probably, we, I know I definitely counted DC out. I was probably like, you know, we'll win this game. It's DC, but, uh, but yeah, Ian joy, uh, NYCFC, uh, commentator made a good point during the broadcast, uh, about what's dangerous about teams like DC is that they have absolutely nothing to lose. And so oftentimes in the end of the season, they'll just go for it. Um, mm-hmm. And that definitely happened. They they played well against us, I got to say. Um, they were well organized and they defended well. Um, NYCFC should have done way, way better. But How much do you blame on uh, this on um, Red Bull Arena? Ooh, uh, you know what? That's That's a good question. And I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think if this game was at Yankee Stadium, we would probably be winning it. Um, or I just I don't think we'd be losing it. It's rare that we lose at Yankee Stadium. Um, and even in a bad run of form, I think had this game been at Yankee Stadium and had we actually had fans there, um, I think this would be a totally different game, as well as the Charlotte game from a week ago. Um Red Bull Arena has not been good to us recently, and I I don't like playing there mm. at all. So, 
One of the positives, though, is Hebert uh, hey did score. Do you think um, – do you still want him to be the starter um, up top, or do you think it should be Magno, like in the, the game against um, uh, Orlando? Yeah, this is a really, really tough uh, thing for me to call here. Mm-hmm. I want to pick Hebert um, because I think it's helpful to have – like an actual out-and-out striker playing there. I do think Magno is good up top and can produce quality, but it's still not necessarily his natural position, and I still prefer him out on the wing. So my inkling is to pick a bear to play there, um, but he hasn't really been producing. He scored against uh, DC, um, but he still hasn't been producing very much so but I'd, I'd like to see him get in the goals more uh he looked pretty positive yesterday i don't think i would have uh taken him off um because it's always good to have an actual striker out there an actual finisher um someone who will shoot so uh yeah but i gotta say some some bright spots from the dc game uh one is gideon Zalalem. He came on. Uh, he got some minutes finally. I've been wanting to see him play for the last couple of weeks, especially uh, since Alfredo Morales got injured. Um, and I have no clue why he hasn't been playing, um, especially because Justin Hack's been playing. I, I Zalalem, in just the 20, 30 minutes that he played, to me, I was like, this guy should have been playing over Hack the whole time. Um, I haven't hated Hack as much as others, and I haven't liked him as much as others. Um, I think he's okay. Uh, but I do think he was. And Gideon Zalalem did switch off at one point in this game, which gave Benteke uh, a chance to get a shot on goal. But he's such a positive passer. Um, he he moved. Well. Uh, he nearly equalized right at the end of the game uh, with this really great shot, which produced a grave from Nat's favorite goalkeeper in the MLS, David Ochoa. Um, yeah. So and annoying. Would have, would have liked to see no. him play more in the last couple of weeks. You don't even bring him up ironically. I <laughs> like that. He doesn't deserve that. And, uh, and the other bright spot was uh, Matias Pellegrini who we signed off waivers from Miami a couple weeks ago. He finally made his debut. Um, and despite a horrendous decision, which was essentially the last kick of the game, where he could have crossed it with the entire NYCFC team in the box, but instead he went for the glory and he went for the shot and the ball just kind of sailed over everybody and out of and out of bounds. Um, I thought he was great. He looked really positive this game. He did something that I don't often see a lot of NYCFC players do, which was just running after every single ball that he was close to. Um, and I really appreciated that. Um, I would like to see him play on the left because he was on the right this game and he was constantly cutting back onto his left to get the cross in. So I'd like to see him play on the left side um, so that he can sort of more naturally just, you know, lob balls into the box. But We'll see. So moving forward, um, so uh, after the two losses, 
Um, this weekend, you guys play New England, and then you guys have another midweek game against Cincinnati. Um, be interesting to mm. see if there's as many if that game's exciting as the last one. If you score three goals in <laughs> in, in first half stoppage time again, um, yeah. Um, I mean, I'd be down for that. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. It's at you. I mean, it's it's at Gillette. Are you gonna um Are you gonna go? Did you think about that at all? Yeah, I, I I didn't think about it actually until I realized that this game was mm-hmm. happening this weekend uh, at Gillette Stadium, and maybe I'm gonna think about it. Um, I've actually never been to an NYCFC away game before, um, and so I would like to go. I know I know that um, New England fans are not particularly kind to opposing fans. Um, but I gotta say, I think nah. like I have an understanding. I don't know where you're hearing that. I mean, there's there's barely any New England Revolution fans at all. So like like what <laughs> well, what that's a yeah good point. That's yeah a good point. what fans? I just I feel like there's a certain etiquette when you're an opposing fan at a, at an opposing team's yeah. home stadium that. In my experience, some yeah. opposing fans have not followed this etiquette, mm-hmm. um, and I just feel like if you're not gonna sit with an away section you gotta you gotta be quiet right like you can't yeah. be amongst a bunch of home fans being annoying and like pissing people off purposely like if you want to be loud go go to the away section and go with your other your fellow fans i mean i would say to that i would say that the home fans if they're gonna allow some some random away fan to come into their home and and be loud not in like the visitor section then that means the home fan atmosphere is lacking like that's a good the home the home fans should be stepping up and making those people shut their mouths (laughs) because it's true i i'd say the home fans should be doing better uh so yeah, yeah, jury out on whether or not I'll go to this game. Um, I do. I don't know. I don't know how expensive tickets are, mm-hmm. but we'll see. Um, how? And what NYC about is... what about Cincinnati? Yeah. Um, this one's at, at City, City Field, Field, which is definitely more of like a second home than Red Bull Arena is for sure. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I. I I don't know what to expect from Cincinnati. They're a pretty solid team. Uh, right now in this run of form, they seem like the kind of team we would lose to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I hope that won't happen. Um, we are at City Field. More fans go to City Field than they do to Red Bull Arena. That's for sure. Um, so I'm gonna look more on the positive side of the Cincinnati game. If if you're since you have two games in a in a short span of days, which game do you would you prefer that you guys play? If uh, a stronger lineup, if you're gonna if you're gonna rotate some players, which game do you think is more important to help you get on a good run of form? Hmm. Because like just like scoring goals and getting a big win can turn a season around. That can just turn. That can make everyone feel better. And so, yeah. like, if you pick the right game, that picking the right game is huge. Yeah, that's true. I I think I would like 
to see a bit of a rotation against New England. I would like to see starts from Gideon Zlalem and Pellegrini uh, get some fresher players in there. Um, and then I think maybe what happens from that game, we'll see what goes against Cincinnati. And we'll see if you have a pretty tough schedule coming up in the next couple of weeks. They seem to have a game like every three, four days. Um, and that's pretty tough. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of worried about that. Um, but we do have depth. Um, I would like for us to use it more. Uh, Nick Cushing was sparse with the substitutions against Orlando, um, where we really needed more substitutions. And I think that's really kind of what lost us that game is that Orlando was making sub after sub and they had some fresh legs on the pitch. While NYCFC, we were we were all just so tired. Um, there is hardly a fresh leg anywhere on on the pitch for NYCFC near the end of that game. It's true. We're getting close to uh, NYCFC has another chance to win a trophy with the yeah. Campiones Cup um, coming up. It's a fake competition. That competition doesn't mean <laughs> anything because the Sounders didn't get a chance to win that. Um, <laughs> Because it was it was uh, postponed, uh, it, got, it was canceled because of COVID. Um, that's why we yeah. didn't get that in the twenty twenty season. Um, yeah, but, I have no yeah. clue what to think about the Campionas Cup. I, yeah, they I don't should, know what to expect. It's at it, it's at Yankee Stadium. They should be able to win. Yeah, um, yeah. I hope people right. uh, show up for it. It's kind of tough to show up to a sporting event. Uh, at 7.30 on a Wednesday in early September when school and work are starting back up. Yep. But I hope fans show up. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't think I'll be heartbroken if we don't win, but I'll be upset because I know that... Um, you guys should win. Atlas is not good. <laughs> Atlas is not good. You guys should be able to well, win that. Game. I would li- I would like to win, that's for sure. And... and- and also, um, if we're talking about stuff that would help give momentum, winning that game would be huge going into the playoffs. So I would say that is actually very important for NYCFC to win. I think they they will get a playoff run if they win that game. That would be very nice. Because uh, uh, it would help them remind uh, everyone and help the team feel like, okay, guys, we're the reigning champs. We gotta We got to have a good playoff run this year. Uh, Matt, do you have any thoughts about NYCFC uh, before we wrap up here? Uh, the form is bad, but all the work was done at the beginning of the season, so playoffs aren't a concern. Um, it's just a matter mm-hmm. of of finding the finding the form before the playoffs start, which there's there's not plenty of time, but there's there's more time than it seems like um, to to find the the ideal scenario to, to be winning games. And yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah. Um, one other thing that's coming up, uh, this in the next week, um, uh, it's one thing that the Orlando commentators were talking about a lot during the Sounders game on Wednesday was that their team was just looking forward to Orlando's biggest game in their history. It's the David right. versus Goliath U S open cup final Sacramento FC versus Orlando. Um, what? Um, who do you, who do you guys think? What do you think is going to happen? 
Do you have it? Do you guys have any predictions? Do you think MOS is going to win? Do you think you do you think um, USL is going to win? I think literally no one besides Orlando, anyone <laughs> who lives in Orlando is rooting for Orlando. Um, I would probably agree with that yeah. statement. Yeah. What do you think? I'm pulling for Sacramento yeah. here. I what about you, Matt? I hope um, Sacramento wins, but if we're all being honest with ourselves, Orlando, I mean, we're going to see a full strength lineup from Orlando, and they've been on good form recently. I see them winning. But if it goes win. to a penalty shootout, it's Sacramento's. Orlando has to, um, hopefully, the atmosphere will will make it really tough on Sacramento. Um, I mean, I'm rooting for Sacramento, but um, the Orlando fans, this is like the biggest game in their history. As they are, as they are saying, the stadium's already sold out. Um, hopefully it's a, it's oh. an entertaining game. Hopefully it's, hopefully like there, it isn't decided by the referees or anything. Um, and we just yes. get a great game of soccer. Um, There's no yeah. VAR, right? Um, I, I, I think that's true. I think there isn't VAR yeah. in this final, even though, even though I would say, I would say they should add it. They, they, they should, they should add it because if it's decided by like a really, by something that's just so, so obvious, like that's going to hurt. And, and hopefully that's what I'm hoping for is that there's no controversy and that, the team that actually played better wins. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Football is Life. Remember, you can contact the show and you can check out our website at footballslife.net. You can email the show at footballslife.wecb at gmail.com. You can follow the show on Twitter at wecbfootball and on Instagram at footballslife.wecb. Until next week, football Football is is life. life.